Thank you for joining Downstate Abbey. Lots going on here in the Capital District as the horrible leadership of Andrew Cuomo is finally getting called out for what it is. Many people, including myself, were absolutely horrified last March to read the mandate that he put forth forcing nursing homes to accept COVID-positive individuals versus allowing them to resolve and be treated with the acute care that they needed in hospital settings. People were in hospitals being treated for COVID. They could be released. And again, the mandate was they had to be released to a nursing home if they were a nursing home resident. And then as far as new admissions, the hands of administrators were tied because he said that whether someone is positive or COVID, I'm sorry, COVID positive or negative, they had to be admitted to nursing homes. And again, we've talked about it in about two episodes. There was a a special opportunity for me to speak as a guest on Charlie's Angle podcast, and I'll attach that to the Downstate Abbey Facebook page to give you an opportunity to hear his perspective and and my perspective. And it just helps to paint a, a better, more accurate picture of the fact that people in this state have had enough. We we are seeing this for what it is. Many of us saw it back in March for what it was, and it's absolutely disgraceful. So my point is this, all of a sudden, and I'm grateful for the attention that Cuomo is getting because it's long overdue. But let me just explain to you something. These lawmakers uh, that are coming forward now and saying, you know, whoa, we were misled. We had no idea this was going on. You know what? I'm calling them out, quite honestly, for being just as bad as Governor Cuomo is. And I will tell you why. All right. I'm not a person who has any political power. I'm not a person who has financial resources. I'm not a person who's well connected. Okay. Last year, March, I had a cracked iPhone 5 that I used to get pieces of glass stuck under my my finger when I would try to scan and scroll and whatever. And you know what I was able to do? I was able to find that mandate online. I was able to save it because the Department of Health made it disappear at some point within you know a couple of weeks after they released it. And I was able to know which end was up and I was able to see how, how horrible, horrible and evil that mandate was. So I wanna ask all of you lawmakers who are finally, finally gathering the fortitude to push back against this creep of a governor who we know is a bully. He uses these mafioso tactics. Talk to Ron Kim about it. You know, Ron Kim basically being threatened by Cuomo, having him say, you know, I will destroy you. This is the kind of, you know, air quotes, leader we have in this state, and it is a disgrace. And I want to ask Ron Kim, you know, with all due respect, again, it's better late than never. I do question the political motivation here, but whatever. I, I, it is what it is. Ron Kim, why didn't you open your mouth back in March? Why didn't you open your mouth back in April when this governor gave himself just a blank check, executive power and privilege to do whatever he wants? Hundreds of laws were changed, implemented, altered on some level. And the the people of this state, including probably you, Ron Kim, and many of the others who are, in my opinion, complicit in this, chose to turn a blind eye. So again, Great that it's happening, but really, where were you people then? Okay, where were you then when a mandate was put out that went against absolutely everything we were told? It went against absolutely everything that we were sacrificing for. People sacrificed, I I, I can't even come up with a word. (laughs) They sacrificed with their whole being to keep our communities safe, to protect the vulnerable. You know, people just went from income to zero income. 
you know, except for people that make a living on the backs of the taxpayers, but private businesses, you know, small business employees, they sacrificed everything to keep the most vulnerable safe. And what do we do? We get stabbed in the back by Andrew Cuomo and by everybody who never pushed back against it. Honestly. So in my opinion, with all due respect, the people that have let this guy slide for almost a year are every bit as wrong and every bit as complicit in this as he himself is. Okay. And if we want to talk, let's really, really talk about what else these people have allowed to slide because I have absolutely no use for these Albany lawmakers anymore. I really don't. There's, there's maybe a handful of them that I do. And I'm going to say his name. I'm going to say it again. Jim Tedesco, thank you for not giving up on pushing back against Cuomo, demanding justice for our seniors, acknowledging that these families have been put through absolute hell this year. I know Angelo Santa Barbara spoke up too. He's in the area. Uh, politician and he he did too but really as far as being like a pit bull and just not letting go Jim Tedesco did that and there is a time and a place to just lock your jaw and refuse refuse to give up the fight and I am very grateful for Jim Tedesco doing that because these families deserve justice these families have been put through hell and many of them are watching. They're, they're not even watching. They're, they're, they're knowing that their loved ones are literally withering away, being treated like domesticated animals in these facilities because they're not allowed human contact. They're not allowed to see the people that they love, that they poured their lives into. Staff is beyond spread thin. This is an absolute nightmare. And we, the people, need to demand clarity. We need to demand reforms. And we need to demand that the people that were involved with this, including the Albany lawmakers that turned a blind eye, be held accountable. Here's the thing. We have seen an obscene abuse of power of the most vulnerable in our state, starting with the elderly and right down through, you know, children, families, everyone. It's, it's really a trend that if anyone looks to the character of Andrew Cuomo, you can see this is not a person who defends the vulnerable. This is not a leader who exemplifies the mentality that we as a culture belong to each other. We need to care for each other. That is not how he operates. It's not. That's very obvious. And I'm going to bring this back to the fact that some of the worst cases of social injustice have been seen this past year. They come straight from Andrew Cuomo. And I'm, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it again. This nursing home disaster, direct result of his leadership, direct talk to people who run nursing homes, hear from their heart the hell that he put them through this past year and the hell that they're still living now that you have a health department that wants to, you know, sneak around and creep around these facilities and find them for any minor infraction they possibly can because that's happening too. We have to bring our attention to the bail reform and the COVID-19 jailbreak. We have to because lives are being lost. People are being victimized. Everything that was sociopathic about the nursing home mandate, every bit is sociopathic, if not more so, in this bail reform. So all of you lawmakers who have finally gathered a spine and some, you know, some compassion, some integrity, whatever the political motivation may be, because I think there's something going on that's making people finally speak out. You know, they've been told this for months, letters have been written to these lawmakers for months, and it's been ignored. And now all of a sudden, fine, again, 
better late than never, but it's pretty suspicious to me. Now, keep in mind, this bail reform, every single day, it is causing death, destruction, and just the absolute decimation of our communities. I have a call in to a sheriff in the western part of the state. I'm hoping to get a call back because there was a man who was arrested for rape, sexual assault in Tonawanda, New York. And because of this damn bail reform, it went from a $12,000 bail, which bail should not exist for these horrific crimes. It should not and if you want to level the playing field, make it so whether someone has money or they don't have money, if they're being brought in because they commit a horrific crime, they don't get released for any amount of money. That would be a step towards social justice, especially if you have cases which have played out where the crime has actually been caught on videotape, like where it's not even a matter of, well, we, they, they might not have done it. No, literally in your face, they did it. This is the day and time they did it. This is how long it took for them to do it. And this is the direction on the street that they headed into after they commit the crime. I mean, there are cases like this playing out and these people are getting out and being let free. It's happening. Don't let anyone tell you it isn't. It is. And try to, if you're somebody who has a hard time with compassion and empathy, just imagine it's your child, your loved one who, you know, got slaughtered in the street and then their murderer was let loose because of this bail reform. Okay. Imagine that this bail reform is a disaster. It took a very good goal and a very needed goal of bail reform, prison reform, and it rendered it down to this unidentifiable piece of junk that is forced upon us as social progress and social justice when it's one of the most outright in-your-face attacks on our communities, especially black and brown communities, in my opinion, since the formation of our nation. Honestly, I think it is that bad. I don't think we've ever seen our communities turned on by our leaders. Again, I use that in air quotes because I do not view Andrew Cuomo as a leader. I think he's a bully. I think he's a tyrant. I think he is thug life and he needs to go and never be in public office again, again. Okay. So all of you who are standing up against him now, good for you. But let me just remind most of you that most of you, okay, have done nothing nothing to acknowledge the fact that this bail reform is profoundly broken, perverted, demented, and diabolical, okay? In fact, I can go back and read to you and and read to our listeners exactly what many of you wrote to Governor Cuomo last year. And keep in mind, Lives were already lost because of this reform by this point. And I could find out about this through my cracked, crappy iPhone 5. So why you people who have staff, you have access to probably any records you would want to get your hands on, you live and you represent the communities where these deaths were happening, were clueless? You weren't clueless. You knew what was going on and you still pushed for it to continue. So I'm going to read to you this letter. And listeners, listen up, because it's time to call out these corrupt politicians for what they are, okay? So this is um, going to Do- Dear Governor Andrew Cuomo, 
Majority Leader Andrea Stewart-Cousins, Speaker Carl Heasty. New York State is amid an unprecedented health crisis. Each day, more of our constituents are diagnosed with COVID-19, including those living behind bars in our jails and prisons. As elected officials representing New Yorkers, we must do everything we can to support the health and well-being of all our residents during this unprecedented pandemic. This crisis further highlights the need for us to protect the laws we worked so hard to pass last year in order to address mass incarceration and safeguard the presumption of innocence and then big bold highlighted letters to this end we urge you as our leaders do not roll back bail reform Mm, okay the campaign is i'm sorry the campaign in opposition to the bail reform law we passed last year has been driven by fear-mongering often racially motivated and often through misinformation that has now been debunked what a crock bail reform rollbacks were never the answer but they are especially irresponsible at a time when they would exacerbate a public health crisis proposed changes to the bail reform law would increase the number of people unjustify unjustly in jail without a trial particularly in black and brown communities that's interesting this is not only inhumane but threatens to further spread coronavirus as well as countless other adverse public health impacts that predate the pandemic and will endure after we defeat it Jails are dangerous incubators for COVID-19. Social distancing is impossible in the close quarters of New York's jails. Hand sanitizer is contraband and access to soap, toilet paper, and hand washing facilities is highly limited. And incarcerated individuals have higher rates of chronic health conditions that make them more vulnerable to the virus. The Board of Correction, which oversees New York City jails, has requested that the city and state drastically reduce the number of people incarcerated as part of the public health response to COVID-19. Many of the people now spared pre-trial jailing under the New York's bail reform law would have spent one to three days incarcerated pre-trial under the prior system. These short stays provide no safety benefit while destabilizing families and risking great spread of COVID in both jails and the surrounding community. Bail reform is working. (laughs) Bail reform is working. Okay, you're delusional. Each day in February 2020, 6,800 fewer people were incarcerated pre-trial in New York's jails than in February 2019. This means each day, 6,800 New Yorkers are home with their families, able to maintain their jobs and housing while they await their trial day in court. What planet are these people on? I'm sorry, but... And now, 6,800 New Yorkers are able to shelter in place at home with their families rather than spending time in jails where their own health and the health of others would be put at risk. New York State's leadership should be laser-focused on coming together to protect our state from a pandemic while also strengthening the social safety net for the long term. Changing the bail law to put more legally innocent people in jail before a trial is simply a non-starter. We owe it to New Yorkers in the name of racial justice and public health to reject rollbacks to bail reform. Signed, Senator Alessandria Biaggi, Senator Jessica Ramos, Senator Julia Salazar, Senator Robert Jackson, Senator Gustavo Rivera, Assembly Member Thomas Abenanti, and we're going to go on, Assembly Member Jeff Rian Aubrey, Assembly Member Rod 
Meese Bishot, Assemblymember Michael Blake, Assemblymember Harry Bronson, Assemblymember Robert Carroll, Assemblymember Marcos Crespo, Assemblymember Catalina Cruz, Assemblymember De La Rosa, Assemblymember Inez Dickens, Assemblymember Natalie Fernandez, Assemblymember Deborah Glick, Assemblymember Daniel O'Donnell, Assemblymember Yulene Yu, Assemblymember Walter Mosley, Assemblymember Joseph Lentil, Assemblymember Ron Kim, Ron Kim, Assemblymember Latoya Joyner, Assemblymember Ellen Jaffe, Assemblymember Harvey Epstein, Assemblymember Alicia Hindman, Assemblymember Pamela Hunter, Assemblymember Andrew Havesi, Richard Gottfried, Felix Ortiz, Victor Pichardo, Dan Quart, Kareen Zrayas, Diane Richardson, Robert Rodriguez, Linda Rosenthal, Joanne Simon, Aravella Samotas, Latrice Walker, David Weprin. And I will know that names are printed, but there are signatures above most of them. Missing a signature, but having their name actually printed on this is Michael Blake, Inez Dickens, Deborah Glick, Alan Jaffe, Alicia Hindman, Diane Richardson, Robert Rodriguez. These are the people okay, who pushed for this bail reform and the COVID-19 jailbreak to be what it is. I am all about not putting low-level offenders, nonviolent offenders in prison. I think prison is a colossal waste of time. I think there are so many better means by which someone can pay back a debt to society, right or wrong. I know that there are people rotting in our prisons who are still rotting there, even after this bail reform, who are in there because they took a plea deal because they didn't have representation. We need to work hard at going through inmate by inmate, looking at these cases, releasing those who should be released, and doing a better job of our parole system, okay? Because before the pandemic, we had lost track of about 3,500 parolees in New York State. So you want to reform anything, why don't you start with that? That's an important safety net. I don't know if people are lazy, if they're overworked, if there's just no accountability, if they're getting paid off. I don't know, but there is no excuse for 3,500 plus parolees to just be missing in action because that's an important safety net. So these people took it upon themselves to make it a higher priority that criminals walk the streets than the community is kept safe. Okay, look, if you look at the COVID-19 jailbreak, it is utterly disgraceful. One of the first men to get released, and he was represented, if I remember correctly, by a legal aid society attorney, went before a judge who, I don't know if this guy was paid off, I don't know if he just doesn't have a conscience, but he let Roberto Venant Barcia, who slashed an ex-girlfriend to death on a city street after stalking her. He slashed her to death. Her name is Bernice Rosado. Do not forget that name. God rest her soul. My heart goes out to her family. He butchered her on a city sidewalk. The crime was caught on surveillance footage. The crime was witnessed by multiple witnesses. In the tail end of March, he was one of the first inmates to get released. Where's he now? Where's the contract contact tracing on him? Each and every one of you who signed this and demanded no rollbacks, get people out of prison, release, you know, diminish the prison population. It's a public health threat to keep these people in. Every single one of you whose names I read 
off, should be ashamed of yourselves. And if this guy committed another crime, which how do we know if he did or if he didn't? There's blood on your hands because this bail reform was so horribly crafted. It left so much room for the very evil that that man perpetrated to continue to be perpetrated over and over and over and over again. Add to it a masked society and people can get away with just about anything. So all of you people that signed that, I'm going to be sure people know those names and they remember those names because you've done nothing to protect your your communities. Your constituent bases have been contacting you and begging for help because the crime rate is so rampant and you do nothing. And then somebody flicks a switch and all of a sudden we're going to call Cuomo out, which he should have been called out when he when he made that mandate. I had that mandate. How do how did you people not have that mandate? How did you not read it for what it was? Intentionally planting COVID in nursing homes. Come on. Come on. And now, after the probably tens of thousands of deaths, now you say something? Did somebody close to you die? Is that what it took for you to finally pay attention? Uh, no, I'm serious. Like, what did it take? Because people were dying all along. Families were suffering all along. You can find multiple sites of, of families who are, who are uniting and trying to push back against this and saying this is not right. And then beyond that, people, again, they were treated like caged animals. They haven't been allowed to see family. You know, in the name of safety, the most intentional spreader into our most vulnerable communities was perpetrated by our government, by Andrew Cuomo, and then people's rights are completely denied, rights to see their families, rights to have their caregivers come in. Nursing homes are doing the best they can. Some run very well, some ran very well pre-pandemic, some run very poorly, and it's the, <laughs> for a lot of different reasons, short-staffed, beyond belief. Some of them ran very poorly pre-pandemic. It's all over the map and we all know that. But families should be able to come in and see their loved ones. Loved ones should be given the autonomy over their bodies to say who is going to come and see them and who isn't. And this has been a total miscarriage of justice. It's been a total disgrace to human rights, what's gone on in this past almost year. And those of you who supported it, I'm glad you're coming to the forefront against Governor Cuomo. I'm glad you are. But I'm going to tell you right now, I am going to be coming to ask you some very hard questions on behalf of millions of New Yorkers who have some very hard questions for you. Because, like I said, I can count on less than one hand the number of people in positions of government who actually pushed back against this, stuck their necks out. God only knows how Cuomo intimidated them or tried to make their lives a living hell. God only knows. I mean, Ron Kim was willing to say exactly how Cuomo treated him and how he threatened to ruin his life. Okay? We're being run by a thug. We're being run by a punk who has had every ounce of political privilege handed to him. And we, the people, need to take our state back. We need to take our state back. We will not get another chance to do this because I don't know, I don't even want to say it because it can get worse when this all comes full circle. But everything has been set in place to turn our state into an absolute haven for crime and put targets on the back of you, me, and our children. The targets are already on the backs of law enforcement through this bail reform. Their hands are tied and there's a target on their back. And it's going to, ha it's going to happen to each and every one of us because criminals are being given more rights than you and me. The crime culture that's devouring people is being given more freedom than you and I are, and the time has come.
The time has come. We're approaching almost a year. I pray to God that we unite and that we push back because we will not have a chance to fight this fight years from now. We need to shut this evil down. We need to rebuild our state. We need to call the people out that were part of this and make sure that they never serve in any capacity that puts them in a position of authority over others ever again, ever, ever again. Please take a moment to look at the Downstate Abbey Facebook page. Please take a moment to reach out to your immediate lawmakers, representatives, and even those who are listed on this list that signed this letter and demanded that there be no changes to the bail reform even after it was causing deaths. Reach out to them and let them know that you're watching. You think that they've really let down their constituent base and they really need to answer for what they've done as well. The time has come. The time is now. Do something amazing today. I love you all.